International. This is Brian Gar, and I'm here with Ariel Norman and Brett Vavort on Leading the Blind. Is that right? Did I get the name of the podcast? Got it. And uh, a little bit about myself. I'm a comic here in Austin, Texas, and I... What else can I tell you about myself? I used to be a journalist for 16 years. I um, am uh, now working for a company called Booster Teeth. We write about... We, we, make, uh, we make content for, so I would say, the nerdier type of people, and I play a lot of video games. Sometimes I'm like in hour 10 of a really good like, video game session with one of those that you make you like you have a nice perspective practice why you get like, why did I just do it? Like what got a, an, an ending <laughs> I can yeah check yeah exactly yeah it feels good <clears throat> well i think that's what the key would be is to like either be medicated and or find <laughs> <laughs> the video games that right. have like yeah that don't have this kind of not only getting to because you can get to level 100 or 99 or whatever it is for everything but it's like the little character if you have to play against every single creature yeah. in that one yeah. so i can't remember the names of people but you know what i'm talking about the little the little child character in Final Fantasy three where he had to like jump into the person to try to get there. Yes. Like uh, something out of it, like some spent, ability or something. I would just spend just, I can't even tell how many hours of how yeah. many months just trying to get every single creature in the entire game. Are thing. you a perfectionist? Kind it's of? sort of, but it's yeah. more just the completism. Yeah. Of yeah, it. yeah. 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 And it's very pleasing to OCD, you know, very, but uh, not a great use of time, ultimately. <laughs> Although, I don't know. But I also like playing something like that. And then if you're just like listening to comedy or music, whatever, like it can be a nice way to relax. I feel like games like that, too, if they don't have like a strong story that I can just sort of play. Mm-hmm. But I, but yeah, I can listen to a podcast. I mainly listen to podcasts and right. play games. And I have to be multitasking in order to relax. So it, it is useful for that. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just like, okay, so I'm getting in my relaxation time, I'm playing this game, and then I'm listening to something, so this is like... I guess I'm like that, too. What is that? What is it like? It's my mother and voice in my mind. I don't know what it is for you. I guess so. It would just, that whole, like, if you're, if she had like that, if you're leaning, you're cleaning, what's this, is that what bosses say? If you're leaning, you're cleaning? Yeah. You got time to lean, you got time to clean? That's a retail thing. Yeah, Yeah. but that mentality, she had that for our whole childhood, so like, then... Yeah. I have anxiety too, so it might be part of that too. Quiet like the voices in your head. Mm-hmm. Well, just yeah, just sort of worrying that something's wrong or something could go wrong right. at any time. Well, I'm just thinking like <laughs> if you have two activities, then maybe that's enough to drown out. Yeah, the voices maybe of that's anxiety. right. Yeah, could be, could be. Is that is anxiety what brought you to comedy? Is that why you're? <laughs> are we go? Are we rolling? <laughs> well, we're always rolling. All right. <laughs> um. I think I, you know, like when I look back, I think I always wanted to do it, but I didn't know how to. Like being gay. Hmm. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it was like there, but I didn't, I couldn't verbalize that I wanted that. Oh, this is what I want to do. Because when I was a kid in the 
uh, growing up in the 80s, there were stand-up comics, but you would only see them on, you know, The Tonight Show or Evening at the Improv, and, and these are, like, polished, finished comics, and I didn't know... Uh, you know, by the time I got to college, I didn't know about open mics and how to, you know, sort of do that. And, um, so it took, like, I didn't start until I was 32. Yeah. And, and it was so much of a relief, even though I did all the open mic things of like, I went dead last. There was no one there except for the people I invited. And, um, it didn't go well, but inside I was like, Oh God, like this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like I can, I want to work at this and do better and, and seeing other people do badly at it was somehow very reassuring. Oh, totally. To I think that was, yeah, the thing for a lot of us, it's like you go to an open mic and you watch it and you're like, okay, I'm not going to be the stupidest person. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I, 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 even if I'm the second worst person, that's still okay. Right. <laughs> um, it's not, yeah. You're allowed to embarrass yourself in this context. Big basically. time. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and just, sorry to, you know, but just like failing and getting okay with that. Like yeah. getting, it's okay if you mess up, you're going to survive, you're going to get through it, sort of conquering that that fear of bombing. But I, I even know comics that don't like to bomb and just sort of do the same stuff over and over. Totally. Even at an open micro level, that do the same stuff year after year because they sort of don't want to bomb. It's still scary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's one of those like zen in the art of bombing, right? You know, you got to like learn how to... I, I think the probably like trying to bomb is not a bad idea, especially yes, early on, yes, but like, yes. like going up with there, like knowing you're going to bomb, like not that you should be doing this all the time, but it, it, it mics that don't matter and all right. this, like take risks, like do crazy shit. But people kind of don't, yeah, you know, or, 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 and, and I include myself in that. Yeah, me too. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should, you should be trying like, new stuff all the time like you said and just sort of going for it but but even yeah i find myself like well i'm not gonna totally go i don't want to embarrass myself yeah yeah it's hard oh wait so what is it that finally made you get up on stage um it was well the first time i really tried the first time i actually tried it um i was in waco texas where i was working and i for some, I don't know what triggered it. I think I was listening to a lot of stand up and playing video games at the time. I went through a major Bill Hicks phase, which sure. I think all white men go through. Like, not in just there. white men. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Well, good. I he has a very like shitty there's a section of his fan base that is very sort of shitty let's not judge people based on a section of their fan good base point. good well point. that's not fair to anyone <laughs> that's true i was anyway it was the early 2000s and i was going through a major bill hicks phase and just wanted to i don't know for some reason i was like let's let's do it and i was um in waco no open mic scenes no i didn't even think to like do an internet search for like open mics in Waco, but there was a bar that I went to almost every night and, um, they had music. And so I asked a friend of mine who was in a, basically like a nerd hip hop act. I was like, can I open for you guys to do stand up and do some stand up?" And he said, sure. I didn't know. I still didn't know like what, and he was like, 
how much time do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. And and we settled on 20 minutes. (laughs) And so so I wrote 20 minutes of comedy. And it was all about just, you know, drinking and all the kind of stuff you would write about when you were um, in your early 20s. And it. um, Except you were in your early 30s. Well, no, not at this time. This was when I was, let's see. I was probably mid twenties at this point. Oh, okay. Um, and it and it went, it actually went pretty well. Like I remember, like getting applause during some parts. Um, so I was like, okay, that was cool. So then I tried it again, opened for the same group. Um, you know, a few months later, wrote twenty new minutes, and that went horrible. Like, yeah. Then it sort of crashed down to earth, and then I opened for another friend's band. Um, in another part, another small town in Texas, sort of mixed results there. I got really aggressively heckled by someone in the crowd. And after that, I just sort of, I thought, well, I guess that's the end. I just sort of put it down yeah. and didn't. And then when I moved uh, back to Austin, cause I went to school here in the nineties, but I moved back in 2006 and at that point I started a few years after that, I, I was um, just sort of looking for something to do. Like I had not, I'd gotten hired at the newspaper here and that was a big, that was kind of a big move. It was a big move going from the daily. I was a reporter. So I was going from the daily newspaper in Waco to the daily in Austin. And that was like a big, like career wise, like a big move up. And then I started and realized I, I still wanted something else to do like as a hobby or whatever. And eventually just, um, yeah, got a, did an open mic here and at the valve in about 10 years ago. And that was, and then I, I've been doing it pretty regularly ever since. Okay. So you started in about 2008 mm-hmm. summer of 2008. So almost 10 years. Nice. Uh, yeah, and so back then, of course, there were fewer mics, but you were you could get up regularly at least. It was, I mean, the ones I was aware, I think there were some smaller ones, but the main ones were Velve on Thursday, Cap on Sunday, and then Cold Town on yeah. Friday. Those were, and and now it's, but it's it's opened up a lot more. But yeah, of course, yeah, okay. And so that's interesting. Do you what what about your day job now? Um, so I write for Rooster Teeth, which okay. is like a production company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make, um, they kind of do everything. They um, they started off with an internet series called Red versus Blue, which is like a, um, it, it, I don't know if you know what machinima is, but it's like, it's uh, basically like using video game assets and then sort of dubbing, uh, dubbing dialogue over it so mm-hmm. it, they sort of they did that with halo and created the series called red versus blue and but sort of made it a comedy okay um and from that and, and that was very early internet anyway it caught on and now they make all kinds of um sort of web stuff and uh, they make movies and podcasts and all kinds of stuff i i work for their news channel and we do uh video game news um, and then I, I'll, I'll sort of, when you work there, you sort of kind of, you sort of get involved in everything. So I've appeared on some of their shows and stuff like that. And okay. So you, you've worked there for, I was hoping that was Brett. Hey Brett. Hey. Brett's joining us hey. late as always. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it is never late. 
All right. So um, you started doing comedy because you you knew you wanted more. You wanted to like like a hobby or something. Yeah. Um, and then I know you, uh, like what happens next in your journey to being a decent comic. That's what I see to say. Uh-huh. Well, I, I meant like in the next few years. <laughs> Not to say you're just decent now. <laughs> um, like comedy wise, mm-hmm. I think I just. I think I just. I don't. I don't know if there was any secret. I. I think I just thought about it all the time, mm-hmm. and like thought about jokes, and 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 just tried to like constantly write. At that point, I just remember like not feeling. I don't know if there's anything wrong with my job, but I don't think like creatively it was like fulfilled. That I was like editing, and uh, and it was like daily newspaper editing. So it's like very, just dry, and you know, there's not supposed to be objective you know you can't right, right. put a put a creative kind of spin on adding yeah. lines into people's bits yeah right, right right it's just very dry you know news and so i think i just wanted to do something creatively but i didn't think of myself as a creative person and i think for me that was a very long journey to think of myself as a creative person and like give my this sounds weird but like give myself permission sure. to, to do that because i i um, I had an idea, I think, in my mind of what a creative person was. And I was like, well, that's not me. And I also didn't necessarily like that person. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's kind of shitty to say. But I, I, so, but realizing that, you know, we kind of all are on some level. And then just sort of allowing myself to do that. And I just wrote a lot. And um Got up, did as you know, did as many mics. I mean, the thing I like about stand up is you can't really fake it. Like you have to put in the work. There's yeah. no, th- there's no just getting up and immediately being good. And so I like that. There's a very grindy aspect to it that I like, and I also like that it's kind of a, it's not a real meritocracy, but it's close to one. It's closer than just about anything else yeah, I can think of. Yeah, it's not like, because like you go to your regular job and like your boss might be an idiot, but they've been there for 20 years or when you sort of yeah. have to do what this, or, or for whatever reason, like they're ahead or they started the company. Nepotism and or, or whatever Absolutely. It is. Yeah. And, and in newspapers, nepotism was rampant. Like, well, this person knew somebody or it's related. And stand-up's just not like that. Right. Yeah, you kind of have to hold your own. Like, it, yeah. it's unsustainable otherwise if you're not, if you don't have the work ethic or you're not talented. Yeah. Like, it'll naturally weed itself right. out. Right, right. And, and, and you see it. Like, people just, like, if they're not good, like, they just quit doing it. Which, and that's, that's fine. And it's, um, I think in the, did you see the comedian documentary with Seinfeld, like, in 2000 or whatever, when he, like, mm-hmm. he, like, uh, it's after the show ended and he started again but I think Colin Quinn made some observations like you could take the most beloved famous person and put him on stage and after five minutes they still have to be funny yeah yeah exactly and yeah you might get some opportunities from from whatever other thing but as we know from Ricky Gervais <laughs> yeah <laughs> right special like it didn't I didn't even want I've I seen snippets seen of it but it's like bad yeah I just <laughs> I read Twitter and I was like this is my opinion now. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's like a little bit of like, there is, if I'm being honest, like you have like a little bit of sense of, it, it gives you a little sense of, not superiority, but like confidence once you 
figure out how to do it and yeah. like well I and can... also like replicate it like mm-hmm. not just yeah, the one-off yeah. good show but doing like a string of good shows because you're like oh now i have a system <laughs> right <laughs> now there's a method to it i'm not just getting lucky up here and there's just like different levels of it too like i'm kind of the opinion that like anybody can be funny for a few minutes mm-hmm. like you can but like being funny for an hour is different from that right and then being and then okay then you did an hour can you do that again right and can you and and so i think there's just and, and trying to be like consistently funny like okay you can have a killer set but then like after you do it for a while it's like you kind of get over that like okay right. that's that's fine but can you have like a good set every time right like you know what i think we all are funnier than ricky gervais though that must yeah. make us feel nice that's <laughs> yeah hello netflix oh yeah yeah listen up um okay so but you're going to mics you're thinking about comedy all yeah. the time and you're writing you start getting booked on some yeah. some showcases uh the Vell. what's <clears throat> yeah excuse me i i started hosting at the Valve, I think I hosted a few times, and then um, uh, Lucas Melendez. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you uh, are familiar with him, but he, we became friends, and he, he asked if I wanted. He got me to host or a feature for him mm. at the Valve in uh, 2009, and that was the first time I would, I featured. And the Booker at the time did not feel like I had 20 minutes, and yeah. I because I didn't, but I just just sort of lie. I was like yeah of course you know I can do that and you just do you kind of grow into it and and um and and then that helped because then I had that under my belt and it got the valve to look at me differently and so you know you just kind of climb that ladder but that was a I, that was a really big I remember moment in terms of kind of breaking through hosting and then getting to feature and then and then eventually headline and so um, when was the first time you headlined the Valve? I don't even remember. Maybe 2010, 2011? I was about to be like, is it this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was yesterday and tonight. Today, <laughs> ten years later. Um, it's been a long journey. I've got three hours built up. Thanks, for, thanks for putting me on, Pat. It was um, not good. It's like, we're going to see how this is going to go. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Like, well, just keep. Let, let me ask this right now. Then, How, where did the Twitter following come from? <laughs> Why don't we just jump to Twitter? It's, it's like this. Honestly, it was sort of like the same as stand up, <clears throat> in that it wasn't, it wasn't an overnight thing. It was more of, um, I just started making jokes on Twitter, probably for real around. <laughs> for real i got serious about my twitter yeah. career around mm-hmm. 2011 2012 mm-hmm. and i don't know there's like the the thing that the thing about twitter is, is a giant fucking popularity contest yeah. that's all it is because you have a number you have a number of followers and then um and and people are constantly at least this is how it was it's kind of shitty like people would sort of constantly like retweet each other and you know you sort of be friends with other you know popular tweeters and all that but mainly it was just i don't know i just started making jokes and then once you get a few follow you know it, it just kind of snowballs a little bit yeah so what i'm wondering because i was like from well, from what you're saying from like i read amanda palmer's the art of asking book and she talks a lot about her twitter but it's like so she at least already had some degree of um 
fame fan base whatever to get that started and she did it earlier and like i think so if you started in 2011 or 12 yeah. and you started really joking yeah. and i think there might have been more of a culture back then of like it was still a little bit smaller and people yes. were still like more wanting to like let's uh connect and and uh, retweet now it just feels like such a like conscious circle jerk uh, at, yeah. if, when it, it is anything abs- they abs- follow you so yes. you follow them back it and then- absolutely is now it's it's changed a lot in the that because there's a lot more people doing it and there's a lot of people who aren't funny or comedians weird instincts of why they want to tweet so much right yeah. like journalists or like sort of weird alt-right people like trying the president. to be funny yeah, yeah exactly. or people just saying like nothing just like all kinds of nothing stuff yeah that doesn't like why or, are you yeah or just yeah yeah just sort of cheerleadery kind of almost like clickbaity stuff yeah that like there's a guy i'm not going to mention his name but he works for like a show on msnbc he just read he just tweets like news articles and then he'll just he'll write something summarizing the article and then put that and it's like he could have just retweeted the news article but right. he wants all those hits he for himself, himself yeah. and he has like hundreds of thousands of followers but he doesn't do anything right and it's, i think it, it people have gotten a lot more analytical about it now about like building up their numbers well and, there's like you know websites and stuff that'll give you it you know, can show you all your unfollows and give you statistics on the best time of the day yeah, and that's it's just shitty. i i don't yeah. like that that's shit. black mirror territory yeah, as far exactly. as yeah <laughs> it's um but it did um it was good when i was i don't know that's it was good when i was doing it. Yeah. I, I remember it being a little more open and like um meeting other uh comedy people and then like i got i've gotten shows off it and work and got invited to to try out for things and um none of which worked out but like it was i mean it it helps in terms of like if you're going for some sort of entertainment thing like having like you know and and people come to shows and stuff so i was wondering how how much do you think like you get people coming out to shows from twitter yeah somebody last night i was um walking back from the bathroom to the vet to like the bar area and this person stopped and she asked me about a tweet she said did you tweet about Mm flip-flops And I said, yeah. Well, I was like, what, what, which, what are you talking? I don't remember. (laughs) And she said that the the part about how you, you change from your inside flip flops to your going out flip flops. And I Mm -hmm. said, yeah. And she said, do you really do that? And I said, yeah. And she said, I do too. That's my favorite tweet ever. And I said, well, thank you for like, thanks for saying that. Thanks for coming out. So that, that, that was fun. And like, just this, it, I try to do it like organically as much as you can do something like that. And just, it's been, but it has been a good way to meet people and um, get people uh, coming out to shows and stuff. And it does get you noticed. Like it does, it does help. Like it helps you stand out from, you know, the millions of other people who are trying stand up. So I, I think on that end, it's good. And I still do it. It's fun. It's gotten a little nastier. It feels like, and just, I don't know. Although just the culture has gotten kind of right. nasty. Lately. No, with any of that stuff, I feel like the market gets so saturated. There's yes. going to be yes. people who want to use it for whatever they big they time. Want. Right. I still think it's worth it to just try to tweet jokes and funny stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially, yeah, if you just try to make it into something that's that's fun for you. Like I don't, I don't think it's worth it anymore to think of it as like this for my career. I'm going to build, but like, right. but you may as well just try to organically over time 
develop it. It's, it's a fun way to try to write jokes too. Like yeah, that you wouldn't. I've had tweets turn into jokes, definitely. Well, I just mean even just yeah. for the process of it. Yeah, and then sometimes you might be able to translate that into something on stage, and mm-hmm. that's you know, yeah. But yeah, it was a weird. Like there was no like overnight. I mean, like I'm I, I'm here to tell you if like Rob Delaney retweets you you're not going to have like a million fo- like you're not right. going to get like you'll you'll your feed will go ape shit right for like an hour yeah and and you'll you will get some but it's like it's not like oh There's, all of a sudden i have a hundred thousand followers now it's not really like that or yeah. you know any of the big like twitter people you know it, it is cool to see and it's you know I've, I've definitely had tweets like go sort of nuts but the, then the dust settles and you're like oh yeah. i got like a hundred more followers than I did an hour ago. I'm like, right. that's cool. Brett's like, that sounds. A hundred would be. <laughs> hundred would be great. <laughs> and then, like, half of them are porn bots. Right. And they'll and get always, banned. Hey, I'll yeah. take them. Yeah. <laughs> take those numbers. Yeah. Weird. Well, that was something I was curious about. And yeah, I was just curious about, like, if, yeah, if you did get booked sometimes, like, because of it, or if, if, it, if you had much of a draw to the point where if you tweeted out that a show was happening if you thought people would come out yeah i mean it um it helps i i to what degree i don't know yeah you know but i i think it you know i don't really do a ton of road work i mean i do some but uh yeah like i went to portland and and featured there and like some people from twitter came out and mm-hmm. same and did that in philadelphia and so uh meeting and hanging out with people like that like that was totally cool yeah that's cool um okay so the other thing that i know about you is atx uncensored ish <laughs> yeah you want to talk about like kath when she was on talked some about that so you oh wow what did she say <laughs> <laughs> it, that was a long time it was actually our first uh episode that we oh, released man. something like uh, well, she just talked to you know about just auditioning for it and um that it was a fun experience and a learning experience yeah and, it was it was definitely a learning experience it was um that happened in 2015? Yes. Is when we, um, yeah, it was... You know, I, I, I got asked to... They were sort of wanted to start this show, and I think um, the producer, the person who was producing it, emailed just a lot of comics in town, and sort of we all did screen tests, and, you know, I, I sort of ended up with it, and then I got to... And the fun thing was I got to, like we needed correspondence. So I got to kind of not necessarily make that call by myself, but have a lot of input into who I like. I definitely wanted Kath and Joe on the show. And I knew Kath, I'd known her already. I knew she was funny. And Joe was someone who had uh, auditioned for the, he had tried out for the, for my job, Mm -hmm. but um, we had him sort of audition then for a correspondent basically. And, and then, um, got it and yeah it was a lot of fun it was a great like there were only six of us on staff and that includes like the person editing the show camera people like and then the three of us so like we were writing that every day and then like sort of writing this little monologue and then trying to write a skit and then trying to like interview people so it was just like crazy it's a ton of work yeah and then we were doing it on local TV and I, um, it was, I think just a learning experience for all of us, like for us and, and the station, (laughs) you know, in terms of, I think we were a a little bit different from what they were used to from sort of typical, like it was us. So it was us. 
and then TV news reporters and sports mm-hmm. guys. So it was like a weird, it was always a weird fit. Yeah. They're always. So do you have any interest in finding another project like that at all? Um, I kind of want to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, would I do something like that again? Yeah, maybe. It, it um, I, I, I would want to be more... I think it probably would need a clear idea about what the show was going to be, which ATX never did. We were just sort of making it up constantly as we went along Mm -hmm. and it was fun. And it was fun to, for that to be my job for a year. And, and I said like when we got canceled, I was like, even if, if I had to go back and somebody was like, you're going to get to do a show on TV in Austin for, it's going to last nine months and you're going to get canceled at the end. Would mm-hmm. you do it? And yeah, yeah, I would do it. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a like, good deal. Get paid to do it. Yeah. And it got me out of, um, I was still uh, working at the Statesman. Um, so it got me to, it was the kick in the butt to like transition out of that. Ah. And, and I needed to like, but I don't do anything quickly or, um, at all so it's like i'd been there for years i knew it was time to get out of print journalism like everybody can see the handwriting on the wall like it's not going it's never been going since i've been in journalism uh it was never going so it was like i know i needed to do something but i didn't know what and then this this came up and i was like okay let's let's give this a you know this is and and by that point i'd put out an album um and that had gotten my profile up and i had um recorded a special and so it was it was like cool let's let's give this a try let's try to like make a living off this yeah okay so that was like a that was that felt really good like and i feel like even now like uh no matter what else getting to like make a living off of stand or sort of a comedy related thing is like it was very uh, gratifying. Yeah. Okay. So I want to circle back to the album and the special okay, in a second, yeah. but I wanted to just kind of ask right now, like what, what does comedy look like for you right now? So you mean, what, like, what you so you're headlining the valve this yeah. weekend. Um, you do comedies. Mm-hmm. Like how, how many nights a week would you say you do comedy? It's funny. I'm, I'm, starting to do it more i sort of took last year off Mm -hmm. and i don't really know why but i think i had like i wasn't writing Mm -hmm. and i i just couldn't i don't know if it was writer's block or like exhaustion yeah i I couldn't (laughs) yeah like after the show ended i think and it hurt i mean i think i was like it's very rejecting like it's just there's no way around getting canceled like your show got canceled like they didn't want you anymore and i think like dealing with that and and so i didn't i didn't perform that much last year just like a handful of times and then this year rolled around and i was like let's do it like let's let's get back and i i got i got a little healthier and some things i was doing and um, I noticed that I started writing a lot more as a result. And um, so now, you know, it depends. I, I'm trying to get up like, you know, four or five times a month, like try to trying to get back on the weekly, you know, 
Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's not an open mic, a show, I try to use shows as open mic sure. too sometimes, well, yeah. like, or just try to, you know, like in the, the show last night, I slipped in, like I did three minutes about the the mail bombing guy, mm-hmm. and just to like, okay, let's see if this works, and if it doesn't, that's fine. We'll we'll transition and flow into something else, and yeah. <laughs> Back before you took the break, but before you were doing ATX Uncensored ish, like let's yeah. say. In 2014, how yeah. many nights a week would you say you did? I'd say a, week, a night, uh, one night a week. Night I don't a think week. I ever like. Maybe when I was starting, I would do like a couple times a week. Yeah, because yeah. you had like Thursday, Friday, and Sunday were your opportunities. Yeah, so would... but um, I, you know, and again, I think a lot of that is like being older and mm-hmm. like not that you can't do it if you're old, but like if I'd started when I was like 21 or so, I would be getting up every, you know, yeah all the fucking time and i would be hanging out with everyone in the scene and like doing that but i've just never really done that and so yeah for like once a week yeah gotcha interesting um okay and then your album that you recorded in 2015 um the jokes i wrote at work yeah what how what brought that on um excuse me it 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 sort of grew so I, i i did my first album it was called Never Gonna Be Famous, and that was 2013. Uh. And I put it out a year later, and that was just that kind of came out of I was like, okay, I've got I've got some followers on Twitter, and people would people would kind of tweet me and add like, do you have anything I can mm-hmm. buy? And I was like, okay, so just as an experiment, let's let's do it. I'll put it out by myself. Um, and how did, what, how, what does that mean? You put it out by yourself? I I got. I got Dustin to record it. Mm-hmm. I got Mario to do the art, just all local people. Um, I'm, you know, Dustin mixed it and I put, there's like a service. I mean, I use like TuneCore, but there's services you can use to like, to put it on iTunes, put mm-hmm. it on Spotify, wherever. And then you, you know, you just blast it out there and promote it. And that's what I did. And it, and, and, and it did, I thought it did well. Um, and then out of that, um, a production company got in touch with me through Twitter or mm-hmm. they'd see me on Twitter and they were like, Hey, and then we, but we had kind of knew each other from, uh, like UT day. We had some college friends in common and, gotcha. um, he was just like, Hey, have you ever thought about doing a special? And I was like, no. And you know, like an hour special. And so that, that kind of got going. And so we did that at spider house in 2015. And so, yeah. And then that was, that was a great experience. We recorded that. Um, it went really well. Um, they put it out and they got it sort of larger distribution. Yeah. And that was that was the key, I think, to sort of getting it. You know, it was initially on Hulu and then it, it kind of becomes a commodity. It just sort of gets passed around and sold. And now it's on Amazon Prime and they play it on satellite radio and it, oh. the comedy dynamics picked it up. So it's... Um, that was really getting that larger distribution helped a lot. Um, and I've like never had an agent or a manager or anything like that. I I guess I should, but I don't really see the point. Yeah. It depends on what you're doing. Yeah. If I was like a major touring comic, I would, but like at this level, I've never thought like I needed it. Yeah. Now, um, can you tell us at all how much money, like the, 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 these two, you have two albums and a special. Yeah. You have some amount of mailbox money from this. Yeah. Right. But is it like a significant amount at all? You know what I mean? Or is it just kind of like, yeah, this is cute. 
it's what would you consider significant i would say well let's just say can you pay any of your bills yeah based on yeah yeah that's significant then but not rent not like it's not like i pay rent off it but yeah like no but it helps there's some yeah it's nice yeah it's actually it's not like it's not like 17 cents a year it's like no 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 no. yeah um the main thing i get now um is like performance royalties from the special Mm -hmm. that's the best part because like if they play it um, and I guess there's other kind of royalties, like if you produce something, you but all I, the, the, all the royalties I know are the perform. Like, since I'm the performer, if they pay, if they play your stuff on satellite radio or whatever, you get paid every time as the performer. That's tight. So yeah, yeah. Sound exchange is the best. Good sound look, exchange. Good looking out. Sound exchange. What's, yeah. Wait, what is sound exchange? Is that a radio? They exchange? collect. They they collect the money and distribute it. Ah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So this is it. so that's but that's basically what uh, is going on right now, right? You still you work for uh, Rooster Teeth, which is creative, yeah. engaging in some ways. Yeah, it's um it it's it's not straight up, comp- but there's a few things I'm 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 sort of want to pitch to them, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of working on that are more you know, um, like possibly a series or something like that that yeah, they would distribute. Yeah, they have a very like specific demographic. Yes. Of- audience Absolutely. yeah um and uh but uh, yeah i mean my day-to-day job is just writing funny little things on the yeah. you know about the news yeah that's kind of nice you've got like a funny creative job you can do comedy when you want to you know getting to headline develop you get money coming in from some comedy like yeah cobbling together oh and i did before we leave this topic like when you google brian gar it's sh- you show up as like a musical artist. Oh, yeah. I think is it just because your stuff's on Spotify yeah, and iTunes? That must be. It's so funny. Yeah, but yeah. I think your picture is also very like totally musiciany looking. Um, so that I was just like, is he also playing music? Or no, it must be that just must be from comedy. Their default. If you have any tracks on there, I guess they just yeah. It didn't even occur to them that some people might be comedians. Whatever. I know. It's just the, Google jerks. They always favor musicians over us. It's the way it always. <sighs> so lame. It's, but like, yeah. like we need any more music you know, know. i just know. feels like <laughs> no we need more bad comedy. comedians oh. <laughs> it's it's just like yeah i you know i kind of like i think I, I i've had to like redefine what success is mm-hmm. in terms of comedy because when i started i was like oh man just strap a rocket on me like i'm gonna <laughs> you know all those dreams you have like oh i'm gonna be on comedy set and then like you know and just get on letterman or whatever and Mm -hmm. and none of that happened um but but i think that people from what i've seen and i've never been on like national tv uh, but i i think to me the goal is to like build up a base of fans Mm -hmm. who are like into you that has nothing to do with anything else that's like and i think that's what twitter is good for and i think um I think that's what you need. You need, yeah. isn't there a rule or something? There's like a theory that you just need like a thousand fans. I think like it's 10,000. Yeah. Yes. 10,000 hours, 10,000 fans. I think that is right on the money. Mm-hmm. And especially with the stratified as entertainment is right now, I think you need some people who are really into your shit who are going to like subscribe to your Patreon or whatever, right. or follow if your you, podcast. If you have 10,000 fans who can give you 10 bucks a year. Yeah. 
you now have a six-figure income. Right. So, Or, or yeah, I, I, I follow so many podcasts that are niche podcasts. Yeah. But they have Patreons and they get like... 10 grand a month or 20 right. grand a month. Well, that's a, you've, you've got a job. You've now. got a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm into podcasts myself. You said you might want to start a podcast. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I also feel like I worry that that market has gotten saturated. No offense. Yours no, is, it has gotten saturated. But it's, there's, it, there's a lot of people doing them, but also I consume a shitload of podcasts. Yeah. And, and um, I like them better than, TV or whatever because I can do something else while I'm listening to podcasts. So just to have a little again, kind of like Twitter, what it's something that's mine, like yeah. a little yeah. show. About. And you can bring all your Twitter followers and be like, hey, I got this new yeah. podcast. That's what I'm thinking because I think this is the part of it. Yeah, like you you cobble it all together, right? Cobble it? Cobble it? Cobble cobble it. Yeah. It is cobble, right? Yeah. So you've got your Twitter and now you've got you got your two albums and a special and then you sometimes you're out live but then yeah. you and you get your podcast all those things can like feed yeah. each other i i yes i i think i think being a bigger deal on online is much more profitable than um trying to go the old school route yeah i just because i like i you can you can kill it at a local show anywhere i mean but if if you're not in like new york or la but even then, like does it matter right you know is that gonna if you're not on tv or right. the movies then it doesn't matter. yeah right. and and so i i think it's just having some little outlet that your fans know about that yeah enough of them that support uh, it, people do it on youtube channels now i mean there's a million different outlets so i think that's the the key now and to for me, the goal is now to just make a living doing it and mm -hmm. to not have to go back to a real job. And yeah. to me, a real job would be like something that you actively don't like doing. Right. You know, like uh, working in an office or, or working retail or working, you know, like when I was in college, I worked at a movie theater, like sweeping up popcorn. Right. And like, that was a hard job right. because there were like, there was a ton of it and it was just like a mess at all a times. And, yeah. And it's just this, it was like a lot of work. Sisyphean popcorn it, uh, sweet. Yeah. It just drains exactly. you. Yeah, exa exactly. Right. And you're just exhausted and, and your bosses treat you like yeah, shit well, and yeah. act like you should be so lucky and all. And it, it does. It, it absolutely drains you. you. Wanna, and you want to have self-respect and so it just helps if you don't have to yeah, have yeah. a boss like that. Not that there, but not that there's anything wrong with working jobs like that. Um, but if you do it, you got to figure out how to not have a shitty boss. Yeah. And it's just a harder life. Yeah. Like it's just it is uh so yeah that's just my goal now is to hopefully not um have to yeah just to not have a real job and i i like doing stand-up and, and and for me like the good thing about stand-up too like if you don't care like if you don't care that you're not doing it in new york or la or you're not on tv it's still the same experience for right. you as a performer if you're at the you know in a room with 20 people you're still telling jokes and making people laugh. And right. so I really like that. I mean, I just, I like doing it and I like the other, the other thing about it is you get to meet people from all different walks of life. Whereas I don't think most adults, like the older you get, I think you get funneled into, 
working with people who are pretty much look like you and like right. you know your age your you know your background and all stand-up's right. not like that at all right. you're it's like all across the board and i like that like that yeah and it's a community it's yeah. nice it's nice to have a community of yeah people who are your co-workers but also aren't yeah in the, in the in, they're not your co-workers in the bad sense of like Oh, you again, right. you know, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you somewhat like have chosen to not hang out with all these people, but the ones you like. Yeah. And I made some great friends through comedy and I really needed that when I started doing it. And, and, you know, you sort of make a million acquaintances and all that, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's kind of like high school, but like the good part of like yeah. being thrown in with sort of random people and then kind of finding your way I like, I that. like that it's the good part of high school because yeah. it, it is feel like high school sometimes but yeah. like high school was also cool good in a lot of ways yeah so. right like there were some terrible parts of high school but there, yeah there was some i don't know yeah it wasn't bad well, you guys are both looking at oh, me I, like it just felt Brett, do you want to say something about high school <laughs> glad it's You're, good you were there most recently <laughs> that's true news from high school is still uh, sucks yeah no one will sit with me <laughs> but there's yeah. an app for that so it's working out is, is there? that true there's an app for awesome. um kids that don't have anyone to sit with and other people will join Aww. them that's cool oh my god <laughs> i can't decide if that is you know heralding the downfall of our society or not but um Man, pre-internet high sweet. school you just had to you go just to the restroom out yeah, yeah. eat yeah. the restroom in there go to the restroom yep change your tampon and eat your sandwich or find a friendly teacher and hide out in their room <laughs> or just yeah. be that one girl with the book and <laughs> just prop that book yeah big time oh <laughs> god at least now they can just be on their phone i guess it's less yeah, yeah. pitiful yeah i don't know but again it builds character to read a book oh, who knows yeah. I can't be one I can't just become one of those who builds character old fuddy daddies I better stop I feel that. like I'm already that I know <laughs> I'm, 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 like, I'm gonna keep it to myself <laughs> I do feel that way for the record from now and for always the world is getting worse young people are being infantilized but I'm sure that it's also fine um, <laughs> although not really because this country is falling I don't know but all the Parkland stuff like gave me a lot of hope I like I like yes younger younger people annoy me too like uh, some of the stuff me out. but also like a few of them are articulate yeah. I suppose yeah. they're like they're more active I don't know they're like more political I'm from that yeah. Gen X like sort of lazy slacker I know. think that like because I believe in more micro generations than what they try to foist on us with this X and millennial because like me, people who are like around my age early 30s had a very different experience than people who are like 27 right now yeah. I like very different and oh, that's I think, interesting so just I, like a four or five even year. just a few years if maybe four-ish years is even because and then a 27 year old versus a 17 year old it's like we think of everybody as just like millennials and below it's like no there's at least like four distinct yeah. groupings of yeah. ages and so i'm like yeah maybe it's the 27 year olds i'm not a big fan of <laughs> 23 year olds are okay they're getting there 17 year olds yeah i would like to also throw an economic class as a factor because sure. there are people my same age who i can not relate to because sure our problems are wildly different yeah. that's yeah well now that's another problem with this generation thing it's like yeah, it's just like dividing people by race or sex or anything where it's like, yeah, I mean, you could maybe find some generalities, but you're not, yeah, yeah. taking enough factors into consideration. Okay. <laughs> that being said, builds character. Yeah, you should probably. <laughs> High school? Yeah. Don't, you know what? If you're, if you don't have any friends to sit with either, just go up to some people and try it out. Or if you're going to sit there by yourself, just 
read a book don't yeah. use your iphone or just do like brian did and just Doodle. just start writing your jokes you know just write a couple oh, jokes yeah, writing walk, something walk up to the cool kids try out a couple things there you go. that's yeah. how you make friends yeah or just yeah. find like the other kid who doesn't look like just find the foreign kid they who don't have, doesn't yeah. even speak english <laughs> yep. you got a friend <laughs> that's what i used to do yep. um yeah but i do think if you're writing that's actually pretty cool right writing or something like that that looks intriguing some mm-hmm. girl's gonna look over and be like i wonder what he's writing and then that is true so deep. yeah, yeah you're yeah. writing for our jokes as it turns out but she doesn't need to know that <laughs> right no 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 you don't have to you keep something does this is private this is my <laughs> <laughs> it's poetry i swear it's not <laughs> i just wrote like song lyrics yeah but i didn't write them i would steal lyrics oh. from songs and like act like I was being deep. Oh, this is why the sweet. internet thinks you're a musical artist. Yeah. <laughs> they saw your doodles. Right. They saw them. That wouldn't work now with They've the They've been internet, following you for years. Like, I googled that and that's a Soundgarden lyric you wrote to me. That's not a love letter. <laughs> I just like the So you're writing other people's lyrics but like someone looking over would just think that was poetry unless you wrote little musical notes in the margins of that's your That's true. That's what you gotta do. Make sure people know. Well, I guess you could have like sheet I think that's like part of being creative though. It's just like copying at the beginning. Not like stealing, like almost like copying. A lot of people have said they use that as techniques to learn to write or do or or jokes. Yeah, yeah, they'll write them out. I I definitely think like you can develop an ear for jokes. Like you can develop an ear Mm -hmm. for music. Like you can kind of like, oh, uh, set up, punchline, this Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And like, yeah, I think that's a lot of people's first experience is like telling jokes that they've heard to other people. And just getting into that and rhythm. The, yeah, kind of like breaking down the form. Okay, why did they laugh here? Right. Why? Oh, they laughed at this word. There's a lot of skill to that. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah, good. learning how to structure it. That's true. Because, I mean, you've heard someone tell some comedian's joke and just butcher it before. And, yeah. then, and then you tell the joke and the same joke and you, you're great. Yeah, so that's true. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you're not past trying to pass stuff right, right, right don't try right, and make money off someone no else's i don't think you should steal or anything like that but I'm, I'm talking about like just sort of saying telling a joke to your friends yeah. or something yeah. but like it, yeah it's like how they always say it's not what he said it's how how they said it yes. and, and i think some people take that to mean oh they had a lot of energy or they were very sort of yeah. you know performative but to me that means the way they told that joke the, the order the words were in that sentence yeah. and the, the the way they set this up grammatically is that there's they're leading you down a path and there's a funny line at the end yeah plus the timing and the like cadence and and all of that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff yeah i was just thinking like you know we always joke about comics who should who should quit and how to how to know when you should quit that kind of stuff well maybe if you take like some comedy that you really love from some famous really funny person and you try to tell those jokes at work and if they bomb maybe you're not a comedian. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, and that's not like the only test, but just like, hey, if you can't, if you can't kill it with like the best right. jokes of some of your favorite right. comics, then that's not happening. It's not for you, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, um, if you can't play smoke on the water, what are you doing here? Right, <laughs> your smoke on the water falls flat, or the whatever the comedy version of it. <laughs> um, cool. Well, should we transition to the lightning round or the trademark? Pew, pew. Yeah, the pew 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 round is what we'll call it, actually. Let's do it. Uh, If you had any advice you would give yourself your first year doing comedy, what would it be? Um, That's a good question. How lightning is this round? It's fine. Try try something new every time. Every time you get up, 
don't just every single time try something new. That's what you should do for the first just year or two. Can we nuance that by saying, just because I was happened to be in a conversation about this earlier today, like it, trying something new doesn't have to be a f- new five minutes every time. No. Like it could be that you're, you've changed a lot in that or you're trying it, you're going to try out an accent today or something like, but like take risks and try new things. Yes. Try, try something that makes you uncomfortable. Like if you don't, if you've never done crowd work, like try mm-hmm. crowd work, try because I think stand up is so much about control. Try to come out of that. Try to give up a little control and see what happens. Mm, I like that. Um, okay. And what would you tell comics, uh, to stop doing maybe, you know, open mic comics or something, something that you've seen that you're like, please never do that again. Oh God. There's so much. Mm -hmm. Um, You can say more than one if you want. I think I go back and forth like about, um, I think there's been a lot of talk about stuff that's like offensive and like, is it okay to make these kind of jokes or, 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 um, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the people get backlash over, and I, I think it's, I think if you're an open micer, I think you should like pay attention to that and don't, don't get drunk just because you can say whatever you want. You don't have to, mm-hmm. and, but by the same token, if you want to do that, if you want to be offensive or, or, or say the, the foulest, you know, uh, most offensive shit you can, I think that's fine, but be prepared that some people aren't going to like that. And yeah. that's okay too. That's it's okay that you know, uh, it's okay if somebody doesn't like your stuff. So I think it's just don't make sure there's a joke there, you know, yeah. underneath it. Yeah. That's always good. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The punchline shouldn't just be you swearing or, or saying like disgusting. A, yeah, right. Hear that, Ricky Gervais? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I episode th- will be dedicated to Ricky Gervais. <laughs> um, and don't... Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, another pew, pew, pew question. I like this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, if there was one thing you could change about the Austin comedy scene, yeah. what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, that's a good question. I think that... I think there's a lot of talent in Austin. But also, there's always kind of been a lot of talent. I think... I don't know what I would change. I I think it kind of like look beyond I I what I would change is I think people need to look beyond just doing live stand up comedy. Hmm. If you want a career doing so, it it probably isn't going to be what you think it is. Like mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be you as a live touring like you're not going to be you know one of the the dozen people you're not going to be sarah silverman or you're not going to be you know whatever but there's i think there's things you maybe it's a podcast like maybe there's you know maybe it's like making videos on youtube maybe it's and and so i think it's thinking outside of just straight stand-up because it's a really valuable skill like in 
other that, that and there's that you can take that and use it in in more areas than you think and i think that's it's and you're getting a lot of experience public speaking too like that's not nothing like people have a really hard time doing that and we have to do it all the time but just like learning to but just learning how to be funny and learning how to write funny things you can use that in just a variety of things you can write speeches for people you can like do all kinds of things yeah so i think like yeah adding or building off of that like it would be better for the austin scene if more people were doing more other projects that um like and there's some there's a few people who are making some video series and stuff and that's great and of course there's tons of podcasts yeah Um, but I think to take your podcast seriously to take your internet project seriously like yeah there there are very few spots uh, in the country for people to be like making a good living as touring comics right or or a a cast member on Saturday Night Live or what like the the, and I I think that people look at that and think of it as like almost like an all or nothing so Mm -hmm. or at least I'm not maybe they don't maybe I'm totally misreading but that's how I thought yeah and I I think that you can use that in other ways and in but but adjacent to or it might be a new area of something you didn't think of you know like success doesn't have to look the same for every person yes and and ultimately honestly success is ultimately are you happy with your life like it doesn't you could be making 20 grand a year if you're happy with that that's great like you're to me that's success are you totally are you do you have inner peace and are you sort of contributing positively and and you know, enjoying your time on earth and making yeah. it better. That's, that's successful. Because to be honest, even of those spots that there are of those people with those kinds of careers, a lot of them aren't happy. Right. Don't, right. don't have families or like, yeah. you know, have whatever, you know, let's, so it's, yeah. Yeah. If, if I think you can pursue fame to the exclusion of everything else and, and, and end up with nothing. Right. And, and um, I, for me, more than anything else, stand-up gave me an identity that I really liked about myself. And like, oh, I can do this. Like, this is something about myself that I It's not all of me, but being a comedian is like a big part of my identity that I like about. I like right. sort of self-identifying that way. And, you and tell it, Google that you're a comedian. Yeah. So that, you know, <laughs> I would stick in my first crop off, I you. <laughs> my yeah. Google. But... Um, yeah, it, it, it because I think so. I think a big problem with just the world is that I think so many people don't know who they are mm. and don't know what they're good at and don't know what they would really enjoy doing. And so I think people waste their time with just nonsense. And and I think um, for me, like I certainly did that for a long time. And I think just finding something that you enjoy doing and even if it's not your job like it doesn't have to be your job it can be a hobby that you just you know you work to support i think that's fine um i got really off kilter there but i i I just think it's important and i think that you know finding something even if it's just you are writing short stories that no one will ever see but you i think that's like important and i think you know it totally changed my life and and gave me like a confidence that i never had and um i don't know i i I just i like that about it and and so whatever else happens with comedy i've already gotten way more out of it than 
than I'll ever, you know, I've gotten plenty out of it. Yeah. No, I like that. I think that's important. Um, what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you about comedy? Oh, gosh. Um, don't. I, no, but I didn't get this directly. I think Patton Oswalt said this, but I mm-hmm. think it, 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 kind of along the lines of bombing, he said, don't, don't take the good sets so seriously and don't let the bad sets get you that down. Like it's, they, it all kind of evens out. And, yeah. and that's really, really true. Cause a good set's not going to, you're not going to be an overnight success. There's no such thing. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, you're not going to be an overnight failure either, right? That's right. Good, right. That's the thing. And you can eat shit and, and it hurts. And I've <laughs> done it, you know, recently I've done it. and But I, I think it's just, you know. You get just, better I, over time. And anything where you're getting better over time feels so good and is very yeah, fulfilling. Yeah, it's just a life, like, I don't know, just, like, pick yourself up, dust yourself off. And yeah. you're, you're working towards it. You're developing, like, a skill and a a craft and like that takes time but you'll always have it so i don't know i like that i think that's a good note Mm -hmm. um all right well let's do our endorsements first of all well actually let's do our plugs and then endorsements that way it tricks people when is this coming out uh next thursday which will be the 29th Mm. do you want to go first oh what am I plugging? Just or? anything you want to plug. It could be anything timely or it could just be your website or your album. Uh, or just, what oh, do you, yeah. where do you want to send people? You can, I have a stand-up special. It's on Amazon. It's free if you have Prime called Jokes I Wrote at Work. And you can go there. And it's Brian with an I, last name Gar, G-A-A-R. Nice. Free on Prime. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, I'm not doing anything the week of the 29th, so one, uh, Let's get those booking emails sent out. Uh, and two, uh, the next upcoming show that I do have on my books is going to be Off Script, Aerial Show. Uh-huh. And that's going to be at Fallout Theater, 616 Lavaca, on uh, the 6th, yes. right? Yes. April 6th. Oh, Please awesome. buy, buy your tickets uh, online. I uh, have never done this show before. I've never dealt with hecklers, so this should be a treat. I got a bad one last night. Like, I got an yeah. honest-to-God heckler. What happened? Um, it was a drunk guy mm-hmm. and he was, uh, just like yell, like yelling, you know, or, or like just sort of loudly, you know, saying stuff. And, uh, he said something during mine. And then, uh, later on, I, I, I said something like, is anybody divorced here? And he was like, yep. And I was like, we know. <laughs> and he got mad. He got Aww. mad and he came up to me after Aww. and, uh, he was drunk and he wanted me to drink with him, and I said, "No, I'm not drinking." I love that he's mad. He's like, "Get a drink with me." <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like an aggressive. Like, yeah, he had, he, yeah, he had this girl with him, and he was on a date clearly. Oh. And I said, uh, "Well, did you enjoy yourself?" He's like, "No, I didn't like, like I didn't like it at all." And he said, uh, "He was like in England, we'd have a word. We have a word for you. You're a fucking cunt." And I said, "We have that word." Too. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of my friends kind of saw what happened and kind of jumped and like you know yeah. kind of yeah. got in between us and I've, then it was I've over. also feel bad for that lady next to him just like whoa wow. she was yeah and she was like trying to get him to like i felt really bad for her because yeah. she was trying to like 
settle him down. And yeah, I hope she was him. okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I was like, you should like, please don't Leave go him. with him again. Yeah. <laughs> you can do better. Big time. Yeah, yeah just whispering. Um, all right. Yes. Uh, so come to my heckling show on <laughs> April sixth at nine thirty. It's Friday, first Fridays of the month at nine thirty at uh, the Fallout Theater, formerly known as the New Movement. And yeah, so you you can heckle, you get pizza. Do y'all heckle each other, or is the no, audience, the audience, encouraged, the audience is encouraged to heckle? Oh, that's good. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's been it's really fun. Cool. I thoroughly enjoy this. It's like show. fun heckling, though. This it, well, like yeah, well, I, I kind of tell people in the beginning, positive like, heckle. Do the do the more like join the conversation, mm-hmm. less of just. Be, but sometimes people will be mean. But if someone sometimes we'll get audience members who like want to heckle a lot, and they're not like funny and they're stupid. Mm-hmm. And then a few shows ago, I just developed this thing of telling the audience to boo people who are like really bad hecklers and now they just boo That's off awesome. one and now it's just like oh, it's so great does then, that shut them down yes it shuts them down That's and good. they they start thinking twice um and i like then, how she's building empathy and group responsibility in this yeah, show yeah well because some people come but they don't want to heckle um but then they like the, boo- the booing they can still join in so it makes it anything where it's like okay everyone's always participating yeah because at heart i think hecklers at heart they want to be up like yes. they they want to be the one and they're and that that was definitely this guy yeah. he definitely wanted to be the the one getting the attention yeah and then i gave him some attention he didn't want and then he got right. upset yeah, yeah ugh, it's so hard. You feel bad for ruining those people's nights, but, you know, they deserve it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, if you're listening to this Thursday the 29th and you're in Pflugerville, I'll be at Bahati's. Uh, I think that shows at 8. I hope so, because I have to be at Cold Town at 10 if you're in Austin. And then on Friday the 30th, I'm going to be doing a show in Denton at the Panther City Collective, which is in J&J's Pizza. That should be 8 p.m. And then on, I'll be in Fort Worth on Sunday night. Um, oh, crap. It says C notes. Damn it. Okay. Hold on. Well, Jesus. I, I usually put. You do like, a lot of stand up. You're, you're a she's real She's been you're traveling a, real comedian. a lot. I am. Thank you for saying that. You I are. am no, a real comedian. Her writer was respected. Uh, that was a joke. I did not was have a it? writer. No. You should. <laughs> well, I just like that the joke is that my writer would be to have a. A wine glass that has a Welsh's grapefruit gummy snacks in it, and a bottle of water, and a check for fifty dollars. The check for fifty dollars I did ask for, but uh, the well, Welsh's—that's getting paid. That's yeah. yeah. Well, I asked. I was like, uh, so <laughs> sometimes it doesn't we? happen. That's well, and if oh, I had, yeah. oh, if I had not asked, they would not have paid. I asked. They asked me to do the show, and I was like, cool. Hey, what are you going to pay me? And I did. So I'm not even like this. Is just me starting to learn how to stick up for myself this way because yeah. they were like, yeah. well, we don't have a big budget, but we can give you fifty bucks. And I was like. <laughs> yeah dude i'm like of course for to do a 10 minute set uh, yes i would love to right, be paid 50 dollars. Yeah. but if you don't ask they don't pay if i had not asked it was 100 percent clear that i would not have been paid wow it's i just, like how they're like we don't have a big budget and then they said well, that's what tell you that's what tells you right there number and there's another uh, organization i've been working with and like if we ha- if i hadn't mentioned us getting paid they just wouldn't have paid us they, they would have thought we'd be insulted by 50 dollars. that's what's going on with these places they, we and have they some don't budget. get that like no that's that's need, more than most shows we do right we get paid another good note about matt bearden gave me some advice on getting if it's a show you don't want to do just quote them an, exce- a, yes. an obscenely high number. So if they say, okay, then, then it's like, like, at least you're making Well, that's what he, he said that on this podcast. Too. And it, and that's the thing. It's like, um, yeah, you want to tell them a number that 
yeah, hopefully they'll say no to, but if it's big enough that it's actually worth it to you. Yeah, like I said a thousand dollars one time. Yeah. So it's like if you're gonna give me a thousand like yes, I <laughs> do will do just about anything. Yeah. Because and then what the other thing that he said about that that is so true is that no matter how the show is going for those shows those aren't the shows that you're doing for fun they're not like a good show that you're gonna feel great about but then in your head you're like I'm getting paid for this bitches (laughs) and that is so true even getting paid $50 like that wasn't an ideal setting for me this theater it was before this weird weird experimental theater thing the audience is kind of spread out a lot of them are older some of them loved me and it was great and I could tell but it wasn't gonna be the kind of laughter sound that's like Like gonna fill my heart up it's just gonna be like I did a very competent job at this task which was to warm them up but even even in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking paid for this. Yeah. $50 and some and a wine glass with Welsh, but it feels it feels good. Okay. So, uh, oh, wait, no, this is the wrong flyer. Damn it. One second, one second. This guy has been promoting this show so much that it should be relatively easy for me to find it on here. But, oh, here it is. Okay. This show, because I do want people to know, like, okay, if you go to Dallas or, well, they're like Denton and Fort Worth have these cool shows. So this one is called Laugh Your Mass Off, and it is hosted by Brian Breckenridge, and it is at, it's I, think, I guess the bar is called Maine, and it's at Southside oh, 1002 S- Main, South Main Street in Fort Worth. Bar show. Yeah, it's at nine. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and these are shows like you you can get paid some yeah um, in Dallas so, or like Fort Worth and Denton. I don't, I, I don't think I've done shows in Dallas, which is weird. Well, I Dallas has a it's just all clubs. Yeah, so if you get if you can do the clubs, but yeah. you could definitely get a feature spot somewhere. You There's, could do the Dallas Comedy House, and yeah. I the last I talked to them, they said they were going to be able to pay people at least a little bit this year. But that's my gripe with them is like I've done a couple of shows and not gotten paid. But, but like he gave me twenty bucks out of his own pocket for right. yeah. But and I always was doing Dallas when I was going to Dallas anyway. But are like, you from that area? No, when I went to college there, my wife's family's from north of Dallas. Oh, okay. So like so because of that, but I mean people ask me about Dallas or whatever. It's just like I don't know. Like if you're not in the club system right like yeah hyenas or whatever yeah. yeah but it but there are these other things that are starting to happen so like i said fort worth and Denton, they do have things going on west corwin does this denton show and brian breckenridge does the, oh that's cool yeah so for people who are good enough to go to other cities and do comedy please do not try to go if you're not if you're not being regularly booked on shows in your own city you should not be asking to do shows in other cities that being said, this feels like a pet peeve. This feels like targeted at someone in particular. It's targeted at several yeah. people, but it's also just like I feel very strongly about the Austin comedy scene's reputation. Um, oh, I you don't, do? Yeah, I oh. don't want people to like. I don't like Austin's name being tarnished by people going to other cities, being like, "I'm an Austin comic," because I'll see people from various cities. I judge those cities based on people I see. Oh, I, mean, I see what you're saying. You oh, you're I mean? like very protective of the scene here. I care. Well, and I just for for your own sake, like you shouldn't want to like go bomb in another. I but don't people know. who bomb all the time, I, I, it's like they have a mental block. Like That's they don't true. know they bombed. That's almost, so true. it's like they just keep at it. Were there masochists? Maybe? I've known people since I've started who I've maybe seen them have one good <laughs> set in 10 What years. if it was like a sexual fetish? You know the way some guys want to be told they have small penises? They just want yeah, to be yeah, told yeah, that. Yeah. What if like there's people who like love to bomb at open mics and then their girlfriend's like, oh, you're so bad at comedy. You bomb so hard. And that's like, can I like it off? I just like the maybe idea of somebody <laughs> bombing and you look and he's just fully erect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because my other podcast is like, it's all about sex and gender. And so I just like, any like, anything you bring up it's like 
nowadays it is somebody's fetish you mm. know so like the, the idea internet that is fucking ruined everything's yeah. gotten very yes. niche yeah absolutely when people are bored and they need to have so, so like the idea that there's people yes. yeah getting off on bombing Ugh, right i wish mm. right yeah, what a fun yeah. life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so easily happy <laughs> uh, anyway thanks so much brian thanks so much. Yeah.